Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We have one of my all-time favorite humans with us today, um, my cousin, Dr. Mrs. Nicole Bray. So welcome to the podcast. We have you here because we have a very special story that just is going to offer some hope to you all and to let you see how much we have a father of details. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Well, Well, thank you for inviting me. And I thank you too, Maria. I'm so excited to share the story of the Bluebird and be a part of it. Well, this was such an amazing story. You know, it was, it was it was a gift to be on this side of it, listening, and as it was going along. And recently, MK and I were talking, and we're and just you know, there's such a need for people to have hope and to recognize that hey, we really do have a father who's a father of details in every part of our lives, and that he sees you. You know, that he sees every one of us. And to me, this story capitalizes all of that. So let's just go ahead and dive in to the story of the bluebird. Yeah. So Nicole, why don't you give us um, the background of the bluebird? Just give us just the five minute o- overarching, just where did it originate? where did it come from? And who, we don't know where it actually originated, how long it had been before we knew about it. But Exactly. So it started with um, Mozzie and the Galloway family. Her grandson uh, was diagnosed with a osteosarcoma when he was eight on his leg. And the family went into the hospital for amputation that morning. And they were, you know, obviously upset and scared and worried and and, and concerned that he may not make it through the surgery. And he's going to be an eight-year-old um, boy with one leg, right? That, right, right, right. And so her daughter, Itsy, um, uh, they, they, she met a woman and she, while he was back in the operating room, she said, um, I'm a sister of mercy and I want to give you something that I've held on to for a very long time. And she said, it's, it's hard for me to give this away, but I know you need it today. And I've brought it with me to the hospital for years and I've always kept on to it, but I know today's the day that it belongs to you. And she gave her a little small box that was encased in silk in the inside and laying inside was this crystal, beautiful, like a glass eye bluebird, a little tiny bluebird. fits perfectly in the palm of your hand. It's so cute and so beautiful. And you can just feel love radiating from it. And so Itsy thanked the woman and she left. She was a sister that worked there at the Mercy Hospital. Well, this is like, everything is going to be okay. Well, she said, yes, she just said, you know, he's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. 
Mm. But Itsy really didn't know what that meant because her son had already been taken back to the operating room. Mm. So they were back there and they were repeating scans before they did the amputation to make sure they knew exactly location and where and make sure it hadn't uh, destabilized since the first scans. And about 20 minutes went by after the sister gave Itsy the bird and they walked out of the operating room, the doctor, the nurses, the team. And they said, well, we have something to tell you. And the whole Galloway family was like, well, what did he pass away? And they said, we can't find any cancer. It's gone. And they mm-hmm. fell at their knees and they praised God. And they knew that that bird, bird, that blue bird was a sign of hope and that there was no cancer. So the bluebird stayed with the family and her son kept it in his pocket for years. And then Itsy started noticing that he would, she would find it like in his, he wouldn't take it out and put it on his dresser. He would, she'd find it on the floor. She, you know, teenage boy, right? She'd find it, you know, in his pant pocket and a different pant mm-hmm. pocket in the closet, you know, just typical. And he has remained cured to this day. And he's in his he's like 25, right? Yeah, 20. 25, 26. And so Itsy took over the bluebird because it was just so special for her that her son was cured by God. Mm. And that bird gave her such peace and solace and hope and, and just a symbol of his love. And so um, she held on to it. And we're not saying the bird is magic. It's a sign of like magic is not, it's not, that's That's right. right. So Itsy, um, Itsy ended up uh, giving the bluebird to her mother, Mozzie because of our friend our dear friend um beth well at first she had she took it with her to georgia well oh that's true okay i didn't know so she moved to savannah georgia yes. uh, years later and had this bluebird with her the whole time i think they had had it for over a decade yes and she yes. Ran into a woman down there that didn't have any family that was diagnosed with terminal cancer yes terminal ovarian cancer and she had no siblings she had no living family members and so she wanted to go home and just die and decided she didn't want to do chemotherapy or anything mm-hmm. at the time itsy had worked as an office manager in that cancer clinic and before she became ceo of the hospital there and so itsy felt this gnawing sensation that she just needed to give this woman the bluebird And Itsy had it wrapped in a gift bag for weeks when this woman was coming in, getting blood work and getting blood and just trying to be, you know, pain free. And um, finally, Itsy just had this overwhelming sense of just love that she needed to give this woman some hope. So she told the woman, I want to give you something that was special to my family. And no matter what happens, you're going to be okay." So she gave the woman the bluebird and the woman accepted it. And when she did, Itsy just said she felt an overwhelming sense of love, love of God and just love and gratitude. And so the woman never showed up to clinic again. And so Itsy thought, well, she probably passed with the bluebird and let it go. You know, didn't think much of it. Well, 13 years go by about, I think, I think it was about 13 years. And the bluebird then shows up. with Mozzie at Mozzie's house. Now, I don't know whether it was mailed to Mozzie directly or if it was mailed to Itsy, but the bluebird was in the mailbox from this woman that Itsy had not heard of, had not seen since the day she'd given the bluebird. Didn't know her address, did not know 
what happened to this woman? Nothing. And there was a note with the bluebird in the box that said, you gave me hope. I'm cancer free. I'm living a wonderful life. So, Unbelievable. Like how did this find the Galloway family again? Oh my I don't gosh. know. I, we, we don't even, we don't know that's, we don't know, but the bird was given at the exact time that it sees father and Mozzie's husband was diagnosed with lung cancer and his name was Joe and Joe was a really special person. He loved his family. He loved, loved, loved his family. And um, so the bluebird stayed with Joe and Mozzie while Joe had his cancer and Joe progressively worsened and Miss Jennifer or Mozzie um, had a special relationship with our friend Beth. Beth grew up in their household. Beth, um, Beth she was told a good, me. Really good friend to one of their daughters. They were Beth's best friends. Yes, but Mozzie acted as a surrogate mother to her. Mm-hmm. Met her, gave her advice, prayed with her. And when Beth was diagnosed with a brain tumor, Mozzie said, Joe, do you mind if I give Beth the bird? because I don't think we need the bird. I think Beth needs hope. We've had the bird in our family for a very long time. So of course, Joe said, of course it's Beth's. So Mozzie gave Beth the bluebird. And this was in, she was diagnosed in December of 2017. So just to give you all a picture and kind of bring you up to speed of where we are, this bluebird could have been around a hundred years. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's in perfect condition. I mean, it's a, it, has, it doesn't have a scratch on it. So Beth took the bluebird, you know, bawled when she got it because it was such a sign of hope and love of that someone cared enough about Beth, about her to, to give a special gift because Beth knew how special this bird meant to Itzy and and Mozzie, you know, and their whole family. And so Beth kept the bluebird and Beth and I have known each other for a long time, but we weren't necessarily close, I would say, until she got her cancer in 2017. Um, It's really when we picked our relationship back up because um, Beth had. Yeah, you you really. On my other side of the family. Now, Nicole. Nicole, say that again because you cut out there, but. I said, uh, Beth, Beth and I. Back up. Okay, so Beth and I were acquaintances through our adult lives. She married my first cousin on my father's side and had a son, Bryce, a very special boy, um, with him. And so I knew Beth through, that's where I first met Beth, was through the vessel's side of the family. But we weren't close or anything, you know, I we just said hello and so forth. But when we became, I would say, friends or soul companions, spiritual companions was in 2017 when Beth was diagnosed with her brain cancer. And uh, MK, I won't ever forget the time that we were at mass. We went to mass and she was there fighting that struggle. And at the time I, I just, my heart broke for her because I know what it's like to be a mom with three young kids with a possibly terminal illness that you're fighting and going through chemo and radiation and all the struggles of that, because I had my own struggle with that with breast cancer in 2011. And so I had gone through that just like Beth was going through it in 2017. So 
we developed a bond there, a bond that I can't express or to put into words. But even though we didn't talk every day, she knew I was in her heart and she was in my heart. Mm-hmm. And we got it. You know, we know what it's like to be a mother who who has to live a life knowing that you've got to prepare your children, you've got to pray, you've got to hope in the Lord and really, really trust at that point. So Beth did well. Beth's cancer became stable and mine was cured or in remission or cured. So I thought. So the bluebird picks back up in 2019. Beth was doing well. Beth heard about my cancer um, coming back and becoming metastatic. Um, I was diagnosed with my metastatic breast cancer the month that Joe, Mozzie's husband, passed away within weeks. And so um, Beth told Mozzie, Mozzie, I think Nicole needs the bluebird. Can I give it to her? And she said, well, honey, it's yours. You know, it's a sign of hope that you need it. And if you don't need that sign of hope, you will have an overwhelming sense to give it away. And Beth said, I think I do. So Beth called me and she said, can we meet for lunch? And I said, of course, I'd love to see you. You know, she was in remission. She gave me hope again, you know, just that she cared enough to call me Um, because we really had been, she'd been working. I'd been working. Life goes on, you know. And so we met and she reached across and held the table and held my hand. She said, I have something very special to give you. I said, okay. Well, I had no idea about the bluebird at the time. You know, I didn't even know that the bluebird existed, Mm -hmm. but I knew that came from Beth. It came from the heart because she was a person of all heart and all love. So I open it and it's the bluebird sitting in its silk box with the royal blue silk robed lining. And she told me the story of the bluebird and how the love she experienced from the Holy Spirit and God when she gave it to me at that moment. And I felt it 100 fold because at that time I thought there's somebody that cares enough about me to give me something as precious and as, as wonderful as the history of the bluebird. Because the bluebird wasn't, oh, I'm going to be cured of cancer. No, the bluebird is about, you know, you're going through that struggle, but there's a reason for it. There's hope for it. And and it's trusting in God and his ultimate plan for that. And that's really hard to let go of that control, especially when you have cancer, because you're trying to do eat correctly. You're trying to sleep. You're trying to balance everything just perfectly, because you think if you do things just perfectly, it won't come back or it won't be present, which is not true, you know, because it's God. So it's God's will. It's not our will. It's God's will. So I took the bluebird and um, I was grateful for the bluebird. I had my first scan um, after getting diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer and after my lung surgery. And so I took it with me that morning because I thought I, I needed, I needed Beth with me. I needed Mozzie with me. I just needed a sense of security. So I had a rosary in one pocket and I had a dumb bluebird in the other pocket. And 
I told this woman in the waiting room about the bluebird and I showed it to her. She thought I was absolutely nuts. <laughs> and my mom was like, Nicole, you cannot, I said, tell people about this bluebird. I'm like, but I can't help it. It's spectacular. It like reminds me of Jesus's eyes, like really looking into my soul. It's so like crystal, beautiful. It, it truly is. There's just really nothing like it. it like, it's almost like it, it glow. It just glows love. It, it radiates in its own way because of the people who have had it in their hands. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but you don't think about it when you're looking at the bluebird, it's just a spectacular thing. So, you know, you have to empty your pockets when you get CT scans and those kinds of things. But I really didn't want to let go of what I had. So there was a guy and I, I really did this day. I was looking back at this, knowing that um, this technician, he said, do you have anything in your pockets? And I said, yes. And he said, it's going to be okay. I've had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I'm cured. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. And he's like, but you have to give me what's in your pockets. Awesome. I thought, Oh no, I don't want to give him my stuff. And so I thought, well, it interfere if I just, you know, if I just keep it in there, not tell him, I'm like, okay, but I'm not going to lie. That's dishonest. So I give him the rosary and I give him the bluebird and he's like, I'll give it back after the scans. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So he leaves it on the side table during my scans. Like, the table, oh. mind you, the table, <laughs> the table. Yeah. He leaves it on the table. Well, then we finish and he's like, do you want to hold a bluebird and let's scan it? And I was like, sure. He's like, well, where do you want to put it? I was like, well, let me put it right here on the center of my chest. I, and I thought I wanted to put it on my chest because um, anyone with who's had breast cancer knows that your chest is like a rock and things don't move on it. So it's like a table. <laughs> so I put the bluebird on my chest. He's like, okay, well, let's just take a picture of it. Fun. I have a little extra time today. I was like, great, great. He's like, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a copy. Um, um, you can take a picture of it and I will give you a copy on a CD. I was like, great. So I took a picture of the scan with my phone. When we take the picture, he took it in all different dimensions. Okay. Uh, and rotated it. And we rotated the bird up and down and 360 views. And I, thought, and I said, thank you very much. And I left and I thought, well, that's great. I just have a picture to show Beth the bluebird. Well, I get in, I start looking into the other waiting room, waiting for my next scan. And my mom and I are looking at the photos and she said, look at the bird. And I said, okay. I said, mom, it was Mary holding her hands in a prayer position, just like she does with the veil, the blue veil, the tail of the bluebird was sculptured to where the veil of Mary's veil was there. And it distinguished her holding her hands together in prayer just like this book I had been that I use. It's the exact replica of the it book. Is the, and it had the halo glow around her head with the blue veil. It was, and I had just used this reflection book at the morning of my scans. It's a 365 day reflections with Mary and the it's blue crystal. It's got her, you know, her aura around it. Literally looks identical to that. It looks identical. Okay. So for you guys that can't see the book, it's by Karen Edmiston. Um, it's 365 reflections through the year with Mary. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom said, that's exactly like the book. And I went, oh my goodness. It is. And so um, it gave me great peace 
So I went home. I told Beth all about it. I texted Father Ken and I said, Father Ken, look at this picture. I texted MK and I sent him the picture. I'm like, look at this. It's the it still fits by our stove. That picture yeah. is by our stove. And I said, he's and I said, Father Ken, what do you think? He says, It sounds like divine providence to me. So and just a background on that is Father Ken, Nicole, Beth, and myself, we have spent multiple times praying on our back deck the four of us just would kind of get together so it's just kind of we'll bring the story full circle here but um so we all kind of knew about that and just the 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 bluebird so okay keep going keep going I'm loving it I'm all in okay so um I tell Beth about it and my scans come back to where the cancer's stable and actually from 2019 to today my cancer is there but it's stable I don't attribute that to chemotherapy, exercise, health, any of that. I, I, I know in my heart, it is the hope of God's love, of eternal love, the gift of life he has given me to be a mother and a wife and a daughter of his. And every time I see that Eucharist and I go to adoration, I know it is the healing source of keeping me alive. You know, most people live 15 months with what I have. It's been over three years. Mm. And I do know that the Eucharist is our, our healing, our source and some of all healing. It, it is such a gift. Beth would say the same thing. She had, it was upon her diagnosis with her, um, terminal brain tumor that she really fell in love with, with the Eucharist and adoration and said, this is everything. This is like, we have to eat of this. We have to cons- like be just, it's everything. Right. Right. So a month after Beth gave me the bluebird, she was diagnosed again with her tumor, but it had gotten worse and went into her spine. Yes. She was the epitome of grace. She made me know that if she could do that, then I could do it too. She was never worried. No. All through COVID, all through all the stuff, she was never worried. She didn't have fear. She just literally took life and lived about by the, the bull by the horns and lived her life. And just that, like you say, a rock, but just a faith that is like something to aspire. Like that worry and anxiety that you would naturally have. She did. She just gave it all to God. Like unbelievable. Right. She did. And I mean, have struggled with that. I mean, I was struggling with that when her recurrence came and my recurrence came within several yeah, months. Mind, right. Right. You know, and with Father Ken, our prayer group, you know, that we were, were praying and we, he was speaking, the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. You know, we could hear Jesus speak to all each of us in our own unique way. And Beth always handled it the best. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was always the crybaby. <laughs> and Mary Catherine was always the the one that was steered and just very prayerful. And Beth was the peaceful one, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she was just like, okay, you know, <laughs> okay. You yeah. know, I mean, it was just wonderful. So she fought her battle well. And so she when, said, you, when she was re-diagnosed, you gave the bluebird back to her. Is that correct? Well, I wanted to. I said, Beth, I think you need this more than me. She would not take it back. She's like, no, no, I don't want the bluebird. I don't, I don't want the bluebird. It's yours. Mm. She said, 
it's not, it's not for me to keep anymore. So wow. like she, Beth, knew. she knew, I, I think Beth, I, I will tell you, uh, she passed away, you know, this past Christmas, remember the 20th, 2021. And it was, it was a, a mutual spiritual understanding that it was our time. Mm. She knew it. We all knew that. Um, and since her passing, I really have felt really spiritually close to her. And it was after her passing, um, that the bluebird came, I mean, the bluebird has always sat next to the divine mercy image in my sunroom where I pray. And, um, I always think of Beth with the bluebird on my windowsill. Perfect place for a bluebird, right? <laughs> and so I prayed about, Lord, I'm doing well, you know. I don't know why I keep having this feeling I need to give the bluebird away. Do I need to give it to her daughter who's going through a hard time? Do I need to give it to her son who's going through a hard time? Like, who do you need to give it to, right? So it's like, you're and really struggling with like... And this yes, was probably February. This, was this probably February? This was January. This this feeling started almost immediately after she passed away. Okay. Like I felt it. I mean, I felt it because when I sent when Beth passed away, I sent her this beautiful arrangement of this wreath and of these beautiful flowers and moss and everything. And it was on a stand. And the only thing I said to her upon her passing, my gift and my, I wanted to do something special for Beth because she, she was so special to everyone and she never sought herself out. Like she was so humble mm -hmm. and I wanted her to know the gift was for her and not for her family. But I just said in the thing, let the bluebird sing was what the last words I said to Beth at her funeral uh, at, with her flowers and at that time in January, once Christmas hit and January started the new year, I had this intense feeling of the bluebird is not yours anymore. This is time to give it away. And I was like, no, I don't want to give it away. But you know, when the spirit talks to you, you feel it in your gut. And until you do it, like it, that, nagging. that gnawing, oh, yeah. that <laughs> nagging does not go away. It's like, no, you got to nag, 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 nag. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to do it. Nag, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. So... I, I pondered on who every day my prayer time, like, I know this is not meant for me to keep. Like, that's the tradition of the bluebird as well. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed and prayed. Well, I hadn't talked to Father Ken and gosh, it had been almost a year and a half, maybe even two years because he's busy. And I didn't, I never want to bother Father Ken because I always feel like everybody needs his prayers and I don't want to hog them. So, August. <laughs> But he texted me and he said, hey, I'm having a healing service and a prayer service at this church um, just outside of town. Do you do you want do you want to, I want you and David to come? So I was like, sure, you know, of course, any, any opportunity to see Father Ken. So I go the first night, wonderful service. And I get home that night and I wake up in the middle of the night and the spirit's just like, you need to give this prayer to Father Ken. And I thought, I'm a lowly like sinner person who has no faith, hardly <laughs> who not true at all. Well, we all can have more faith, but I mean, I was like, why do you want me to give this to father Ken? Like he's a holy man of God. He is a father of mercy. He is the, one of the instrumental people who, who got the junk out of my heart when I got diagnosed with metastatic cancer and has used his, his gifts to help me through my journey. Like there is nothing I can do for this man other than to bake for him 
<laughs> pray for him and just give him a hug when I see him. Yeah. So it it gnawed at me. I did not get any sleep the rest of the night because it just gnawed at me. And I prayed about it the next day before the sermon, the service started that night. I thought, okay, I'm going to take the bluebird. And if it's meant to be God, you have to give me a sign because I don't, I know you're not supposed to ask for signs, but I mean, I think he's going to think I'm crazy. So I go. He didn't know about the bluebird. We had been telling him. Yeah. He knew about the bluebird, but I don't think he knew. The significance. The significance as far as how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. When someone gives you, you know, it's like your grandmother giving you her most, her most special gift. And it's like a folded up piece of paper that that you drew on when you were four and it says, I love you on it or something, you know, that I have my grandmother's old beat up, like a uh, grease bowl where she used to keep her grease and I would die if my kids broke it. And it's, it's, it's special, like, quite worth a dollar, but special. to me, it's priceless, yeah. Right? yeah. It's like I have my, my grandfather's last Milwaukee's best sitting on my refrigerator <laughs> in my garage because that was what he drank and he loved to have a beer after putting cons, you know, I mean, what else, you know, so I go that night and you act, you say, I'm going to just take it with me. Yeah. And this was in February, February or March. It was, was, no, it was March because it was um, the last day of the service was Ash Wednesday, the day before that Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Ash Wednesday started the next day. I get there and here comes Beth's dad, her stepmother, her, um, it's like family, Bonnie, all these family members come and sit by me. And I thought, oh, well, it's nice to see you guys. And they don't really know who I am, really. But Bonnie does. Yes. They literally ask you, like, do you still have that bluebird? And you're like, this is my son. This is, this my, son. is my son. This is before the service started. So I show them the bluebird. And I'm like, oh, look how beautiful. Like, oh, Beth, love that bluebird. I'm so glad you have it. I was like, yeah, hey, I, I love it too. I just think it might be meant for me to give it away sometime, but I didn't want, it was private. You know, I didn't want to know that one. I said, I think I have somebody that I want to give it to. And so they didn't ask who so did you me. know in that moment, I'm going to give it to Father Ken? Yes, I absolutely knew. Mm. I couldn't wait to give it to him. Like I had to hold back tears the entire hour he was talking. I thought, oh my gosh, I know, Lord, why do you want me to give this to this man? And while he was talking, I thought it's because he needs to give it to someone he's met. It's because you want him to give it to someone either in his family. I knew his father had been sick. and I thought maybe his father needs it. I had no idea. I was just speculating. So after the service, they gave confessions. I waited till all the confessions were, were finished that night. And the last one, the lone one. <laughs> you were there for a while. I was there for a while. So I see him taking off his, his robe. And I thought, oh gosh, I need to go up there. I was so nervous. So I, the lights were turning off even, you know, and I, it was eight thirty, nine o'clock. And I go up to him and I'm like, Father Ken, I want to thank you for the service, but I have something I want to give you. He's like, what is that? What can you give me? I was like, well, something very special, like my, our most precious prize gift that we've ever received. He said, who's we? I said, well, Beth and I, I said, when Beth passed, I had this urgent need to get rid of the bluebird. I said, I needed a sign from God on who to give it to. And tonight I got my sign and I packed it with me and it's you. And I opened it up and I gave him the bluebird and it was sitting in its silk. 
and his eyes got very large and he said, you're crazy. I said, and I said, I know, you know, I'm crazy. He's like, yeah, I've known that for a long time. <laughs> he teared up a little bit, but he acted really happy about it. I think he was shocked perhaps that I gave it to him. He's like, well, why do I need it? I was like, I don't know, Father Ken. I just know you need it. I said, I know you are supposed to do something with it because you're a father of mercy and you're way, you meet way more people than I meet. So he said, okay, well, thank you for giving it to me. And so he said, oh, but I have one, one more thing to show that while you're here, since everybody's gone, I need to ask you something real quick. Can you look at this spot on my arm? Which by the way, just for your information, for our listeners, Nicole is a dermatologist. Yes. <laughs> That's the yes. doctor part when she, when MK was introduced yeah. there. Yes. Okay. So yeah. yes, I love dermatology. It is, was a wonderful, wonderful career for me. I hated to retire, but when I, when I got diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, uh, God told me, the spirit told me, Nicole, you, this, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. It's a very, Father Ken helped me through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay, he uh, randomly, because you were there, asked you to look at this spot. Yeah. So, I mean, it literally, I had to use, it was so dark to look at this spot that I had to use my flashlight on my phone to see it <laughs> because it was so dark in there. And anybody that goes to the dermatologist knows a dermatologist likes double lighting, white walls, white chair, natural light. Like we like light. Like we are obsessed with special lights. Like we have special lights in our offices. So the fact that he asked me this, I thought, oh, great. In my head, I thought, Lord, you're giving me a challenge and I don't want to get it wrong because it's Father Ken or for anyone. And it would be that, you know, it's always old by the ways that are in the dark. So, so yeah. I look at it with the flashlight. He's like, well, can you not see it? I'm like, well, it's really kind of hard, Father Ken. So we shine his light on his flashlight phone on it too. I said, you know what? I think you need to get it checked out. I said, because I think it's an abnormal mole. And in my gut, I didn't want him to worry about it. But in my gut, I knew that it was more serious than than I told him that. And when he said, oh, I'll get it checked out in a few months. And you said, oh, no. I said, oh, no, I'm getting, I said, oh, no, Father Kid, you're going to get it checked out within at least one month, if not sooner. Like, And I he said, you. I leave for a month in a couple of days. And you told him, well, I'll have you an appointment. Yes. And, and then he said, I'm not going to be in Owensboro. You said, great, where are you going to be? So you got him an appointment in where he was in Bowling Green. Yes. Like the next day. Yes. And it was like, like, this is like. You can't just get an appointment. It's because you have your appointment. Where are you going to be? Yeah. So you, oh, you yeah, that for him, and that's just like the grace of God that he got it checked out immediately. And what does he call oh, you? Yeah. He, 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 um, he got in. I mean, my friend, Doctor Skaggs, Robert. He, wonderful human being. He, um, he got he got him in. He pulled strings for me because Robert will do anything for me, and I'll do anything for Robert. So. Um, Father Ken goes in, gets it taken off. A week later, he Father Ken was diagnosed with melanoma. Um, very early stage. Uh, I spoke with the pathologist, and I'm sure Father Ken will won't mind me sharing this. But yeah, um, tell it melanomas all. are yeah okay. Well, melanomas is a little little medical education here. Um, they are very obscure as far as there's no cut and dry with them. They're like, 
it's not like some cancers where you can um, know it's cancer or not cancer. Melanomas are on a gradient level. They're kind of like on a, a spectrum, like a light spectrum, if you were to think of it that way. So most of his mole had just atypical cells in it, but there was one small area that had uh, melanoma in it and they caught it as early as they could catch it. So um, Father Ken was scheduled for an excision with Robert and got it removed and wearing his sunscreen and he has the bluebird. And you know, so you know immediately why he got the bluebird before you knew it. So, you know, it just, it's just great. And I told the, I told Nicole and Beth and Father Ken, I don't want your bluebird. I know we all hang out, but I don't want your bluebird, <laughs> but taking it back to December. Yeah, full circle. Yeah, full circle. I don't want that cancer bluebird. Thank you very much. I'll pass it on. Um, I'll just like to look at it. But December 20th, Beth passed away. And I was very close with Beth. And y'all heard me talk about her on the, the pod before. And she just, no words can describe how special she was. But um, and she, we I talked to her all the time today. But um, I go to the mailbox. It's like, the second week in January. So she's hasn't been gone very long and have this package there. And it's from my dear friend, Mike Arnett, who I've known and loved literally since I was 12 years old, like known him forever. Love him. He's amazing. His wife's amazing. We just love him to pieces. They're in Alaska now. And he, Mike is the best. There's no one in the world that can compare to, he will write us handwritten letters all the time. I can't, I can't keep up. He's unbelievable. I don't know how he does it. He has nine children. Eight boys and a girl. God bless you, Maria. Oh, God bless uh, that girl. <laughs> yeah, their daughter's name is Maria. So anyway, um, he's all he's awesome. Always sending cards and notes. But I get this package and it's so random. Mike, you don't even know this story yet. So I'm going to send you this podcast. But wrapped up in it is like, a, I'm, I'm opening this. And I'm like, it's like a tiny little thing. And I open up none other than a bluebird ornament. Thank you all who Mike, why did you send me a bluebird ornament? This is the Holy spirit working through you. This is like the most random, unbelievably special gift I've ever gotten. And I instantly am like, Beth, I see you. I feel you. I hear you. I run across the street. I'm showing it to Travis, Beth's husband. I'm like, I got a bluebird. It's not the one that spreads. It's for people with cancer. So it's just interesting. That, I mean, it's just, it's well, fascinating. You were jealous. You and father Ken were jealous that you did not have a bluebird. We were, but I don't want your bluebird now. <laughs> I want the bluebird, but I don't want the bluebird. Now we were hey, like, I want your bluebird. Bring it on. So I keep this little bluebird on my desk, but it's, it really is unbelievable. And you know, something else just to, for our listeners, like this, is this whole story just is for hope and for knowing that we have a father of details, but I really see the older I get, we are all one body. It's so true. We're connected and you know, we, we all, we're just so connected. We're just one step away from each other. No one's more special than anyone else. No one's less or more. And that's just a pet peeve of mine of, you know, people thinking they're better and, and we all matter and we're all seen and known and loved by the father. And just to, to know that for each other, but the bluebird story just brings so much hope and so much of a vivid picture of how much we have a father of details. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's beautiful is that, you know, for some people, like obviously in this story, it's a bluebird, but for some people, you know, there's like that one little thing that for them is that sign that, that the Lord's like, Hey, I got you. You know, it could be, it could be a butterfly. It could be a rainbow. It could be, you know, it could be anything, but I think 
a lot of times we're not looking for those fingerprints of the Lord, but the more that we look for them, the more that we'll find them. Like we have a father who's constantly showing us, Hey, I'm here. I see you. I'm working intimately in your life. Even when it doesn't look like how you would like it to look or how you think it should look like I'm still in this with you. And to me, that's so much what the bluebird is, is that sign of hope that, you know, okay, Beth had the blue, obviously how we talked about it. It's, it's the bluebird is not some sort of like magic thing or superstitious at all it's, it's none of that it's just that remembers that that sign that the lauren's got you because even with beth's story you know where she died but even the story surrounding that again god was so intimately involved in every part of that and you hear us talk about this a lot here that we know that the end game is heaven you know the end game is is eternity with the lord and so to me that's what the bluebird is just pointing constantly towards that sign of hope and so wherever you guys, whoever's listening to this, I really believe that there's someone out there who needs this today, that needs to hear this, that there is hope, that you have a father who's intimately involved in your life right now, whatever you're going through, whatever's going on for you in this moment, um, but that he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. So good. And Nicole, we just thank you for sharing your story and just so much of how the father's worked in your life. And we continue to pray for you and your good health. And just thank you so much for being here and sharing because you're a great storyteller. Okay. Um, I, just, I appreciate you asking me and I appreciate sharing the bluebird. And I can't wait to see what the future holds to give the next person hope. Can't wait to see hope who Father King is it to. Hope for God, hope for heaven. So good. Well, we thank you all. We hope this leaves you all with hope this week. And look for the look for the fingerprint of the Father in your life this week as you water your grass. And we will see you next week on Girl, Water Your Grass. <laughs>